Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Welcome back to the Emerald Office. Today it is just me and we are talking about scalability and changing your frame of reference. And those might seem like two separate concepts, but I promise we're going to weave them together into something that you can actually stick your teeth into. But we're going to start with the frame of reference. And what I'm talking about here is the frame of reference that you have about money, about cash flow, in particular about how much money you need to or want to make in your business. When we start out in business, we set for ourselves a goal. And maybe that goal is just like pay the power bill on time. And maybe that goal is buy a new Tesla. It doesn't matter. That is your first frame of reference. That is your first scope of what you're trying to do. But as we all know, throughout our lives and throughout even our adulthood, but you can very clearly see it when you're a child moving into adulthood. As a child, you think that $5 is a lot of money. And then you think that $20 is a lot of money. And then someday your mom hands you $20 to go to the mall with your friends and you go, mom, I can't even get like one shirt with this. So as we grow up, our frame of reference about money changes. But even once we are adults, that is still going to be something that moves. And the simplest you know, explanation is obviously there's things like inflation, uh, but also our our feeling of what is normal changes. What is normal for us is a constantly moving goalpost. Now, there are other times and other places where you and I can talk about the value of being happy with and grateful for where you're at right now and creating sort of a safe harbor. This is how much money I need. I don't, you know, more money won't make me happier, right? Because we know that money doesn't buy happiness, but we also know that we would rather, you know, cry in our houses than cry homeless on the street, right? So as our life progresses, our frame of reference around money changes. In particular, when we are first starting out in business, what you make in your business is going to probably more directly impact how much money you take home. But as your business grows, you will take on more expenses, you may take on people, and suddenly some amount of money coming into your business that previously would have felt like, oh my gosh, you are rolling in the dough, suddenly becomes not that much money. The classic example is if your business is making six figures, that's great, except if you have three employees. If you have three employees, that means there are four people trying to share that $100,000. Y'all are each making $25,000 and that is not enough money, right? So that frame of reference is going to change. It's going to change as our overhead changes. It's going to change as our, you know, our team changes. It's also going to change as our needs change. Um, You know, throughout our lives, we have different phases. Now that I have a child, we have to pay for childcare. We have to pay for baby clothes. We have to pay for all the food she throws on the floor instead of eating. So there are things that happen. You know, your kids grow up and they go off to college and maybe that's something you want to pay for. Or you, you know, had your frame of reference for what it would take for you guys to get by, but now you want to be more than getting by. You want to be getting massages and buying avocados and vacationing to all the right places. Or you want to be saving for retirement or investing, or you want more money to be investing in your business or your team. So 
bottom line, our frame of reference is going to change. And that is a really valuable thing. However, we need to be conscious of it because at some point in business, you will probably wake up, look at what's coming in. You know, maybe it's the end of the month. You look at what came in at the end of the last month and you're going to be disappointed in a number that would have excited you. So like my pie in the sky reach goal of three years ago is like, a really bad month these days. Like there was a time when the regular recurring revenue in my business of right now would have felt like I'd won the lottery. And that is a testament to the fact that my frame of reference has changed. So often when we hit one of these moments where our frame of reference changes or we hit a more specifically, a moment when we realize our frame of reference has changed. Because often, it's not like I went to bed one night and $5,000 a month was amazing and I woke up the next day and I actually needed it to be 10000 These things happen gradually. But when you have a moment where you realize that your frame of reference has changed, that the amount of money that is that needs to be normal for you has drastically changed, we are often confronted with the fact that our business is designed for our old frame of reference. It is designed to make the $5,000 a month, not the $10,000 a month. And so we have to re- reassess and address our business model. This is what I generally call for my clients a business model evaluation. And it's not something I can do via podcast, but we're going to talk a little bit about a, a tiny sliver of that process, which is looking at scalability. Scalability, very simply put... And this is the simple version. This is not the how do you scale Amazon from a company that does books to a company that does everything. This is baby scaling. But it is the same principle. And it is looking at ways to output the same to get more and or ways to replicate your capacity so that you don't have to limit how much work you can take on. Scalability ultimately is just, is it possible to grow your business? I won't say infinitely because no business can grow infinitely, but how far up can you grow it? How many levels, how many zeros can you make happen on potential profit? So if we are constantly growing in our business, for many of us, We see that growth as a trade-off between time and money, particularly if you are sort of a consultant, an expert, a service-based business, you're going to see very much like if I want to make more money, I have to take on more clients, I have to spend more time working. And I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in that, right? I'm not interested in exchanging hours for dollars on a one-to-one ratio. So scalability helps me to spend the same amount of time working to get more money. That's the dream, right? And that's how we shift to match our new frame of reference. That's how we take a business that was designed for $5,000 a month and turn it into a business that makes $10,000 a month. Let's talk about how we're addressing this. What are we doing right out of the gate when we see My frame of reference has changed. My business needs to change. The first thing is just about redoing the math. So we're going to keep 
simple numbers because I can't do math in my head like this. It's not a strong suit. Extemporaneous speaking, I can do that. Extemporaneous math, not so much. So let's say I design my business to make $5,000 a month. This is just an example. I design my business to make $5,000 a month, and I do that by taking on five clients at $1,000 a month. Beautiful. Wonderful. That works. Except in order for me to make $10,000 a month, I have to take on 10 clients total. And maybe I don't have time for that. You know, let's say I'm spending 20 hours a month with each of these clients. And so at five clients, that's 100 hours a month. That's 25 hours a week. That only leaves me 15 hours to do all the other things in my business, like, you know, marketing, like admin, like any of these other things, right? All the things we do. And also, let's just keep in mind, in this example, we're assuming I work 40 hours a week, which I intentionally do not work 40 hours a week. Scalability allows me to not work 40 hours a week and still get paid as though I do. So redo the math. If I don't want to work that amount, then I need to rearrange what I'm doing. So there's a couple ways that we can do this. And this is something I'm going into much more depth with my members in the coming weeks. We are doing scalability. And we talk about what makes a product more scalable. But the gist of it is, the simple easy, is that we want to take things that are one-to-one and make them one-to-many. So instead of me sitting down, over coffee and explaining the idea of changing your frame of reference so that, and then shifting into a more scalable model. If I were to one-on-one talk to each of you listeners who are tuning into this, that would be a huge outlay of time. A podcast is a more scalable means of communicating that. Instead of doing it one-on-one, I am doing it to all of you at once. The other thing you can do, it it might not be about changing your products because we can't all change our products. It might be about building in more capacity. So this is something that would not work very well for my business because of some of the commitments I have made in the way that I want to build this business. But uh, any, any other business coach could, instead of figuring out a way for them to work with more clients, could figure out a way to have coaches under them. So coaches who bring in other coaches or train other coaches, you know, create their own little minions who do things their way, they could increase their capacity in order to get a cut of all of those coaching conversations, even though they're not in those coaching conversations. In a similar way, if you are delivering a service, you can hire apprentices and train them, and they can deliver those services. You can create sort of a replicable team model. Maybe you need, right now it's you and two other people providing your services, but could you have multiple sets of these teams of three delivering on what you have sort of perfected as your process. And when you need more capacity, when you need more clients coming in, you bring in additional teams. So you can kind of do it two ways, right? You can change the way you deliver or you can change how many people there are delivering a product. Regardless of 
how you're approaching scalability. It's going to allow you to move the goalpost. It's going to allow you to put a new sort of line in the sand or pie in the sky for you and your team to reach towards. Scalability is what changes a sort of feast and famine, one person at a time company into a company that not only can scale up to make those bigger amounts of money, but is also going to have a lot more capability for you to be kind of stepping away. This is something I talked about in my How to Take Vacation podcast episode. If any of you guys remember that one, I'm sure it is, you know, you can, it's like two or three, maybe it's, maybe it's six episodes back. I don't remember. But we talked about how you can build in mechanisms into your business so that you can step away from it. And scalability often is one of those mechanisms because just like creating one-to-many products is going to allow you to serve more people in the same amount of time, it's also going to give you opportunities to do things like pre-record. It's also going to allow you to do things like hand things off to your team and you don't have to do them so you can go to Hawaii. Scalability is not just a how to make more money. It is also going to help you make your business more sellable. Because if I am an entrepreneur, well, I am an entrepreneur. If I am an entrepreneur looking to buy a business, though, then I'm going to look for one that has an increasing income potential where I can see the mechanisms by which The bottom line now doesn't have to be the bottom line later, particularly because the economy is always changing. We always want to be able to see that it's a good investment, right? That it is an investment that will grow. When you make your business more scalable, you're giving it the potential to become an appreciating asset, an asset that is consistently growing or has the capacity to grow. Scalability also helps with replicability. So not only are you going to have the ability to scale up your your personal income or allow you to sell it to somebody else who wants to make an income, you can also sell the concept. You can franchise the idea such that you don't even have to give up your business, but somebody else could run that same business based on your model. When I talked about building capacity, I talked about like bringing on more sets of three and you could just as easily bring on entirely separate entities where they have to run their own ship, but you get the franchise money for that. So there are lots of considerations. And now as I start to talk about things like selling your business or franchising your business, I don't want you to freak out if that's not where you're at. If you're still at the, I designed my business to make $5,000 a month and I just want it to make $10,000 a month. Don't, don't, run away scared because I brought in these other concepts. Select the concept that is best for you and start to redo that math. Start to reevaluate how much time you are willing to spend and therefore how much you need to put out in order to make the amount of money you want to make. Whenever your frame of reference changes, there can be a feeling like crap, I just figured out how to make this goalpost. And now the goalpost is further away. It's sort of like a ever-changing finish line. And we don't want that feeling. 
right? We don't want to feel like every single one of our goals is just going to get kicked further and further down the road and we're never going to meet them. And so before you get even more into the scalability piece, I want you to be really committed to celebrating your goals. Even if once you hit that $5,000 goal, you realize it needs to be an $8,000 goal and then you realize it has to be a $10,000 goal. Moving that goalpost does not mean that you have not achieved your goal when you pass the original one. I had a, a moment where I hadn't even realized that I'd hit an initial goal because it didn't feel any different. It didn't feel like I was sort of in the clear. And that's because I had done lots of things to grow my business and because of certain things in my life, it, it didn't feel like I was making extra money when I passed that first goal. By the time I passed it, I already had needs greater than it. And I don't want you to make the same mistake I did, which is I didn't celebrate passing that first goal. I didn't celebrate that I had finally arrived because I didn't feel like I'd arrived. And so please, please, please make sure whenever you achieve a goal, even if you know that that goal has to be replaced by a bigger and better and shinier goal, as these goals almost always will. Give yourself the real clear moment to celebrate. And my husband and I, we keep we keep like a bottle of champagne just like in the house. Almost all the time we have champagne in the house. And we don't even really like champagne more than other wine. But there is something wonderful about popping a bottle of champagne, right? So have on hand sort of the opposite of an emergency bottle. A, a celebrations bottle to to celebrate those those moments that you achieve, even if you're not done achieving, even if you still have to reach out and stretch a little further to reach that next goal. Give yourself the real celebration, and then the next morning, you shouldn't be hungover because it was only one bottle of champagne. Pull out a calculator, pull out your calendar, and assess where you need to change your numbers. Do you need to change the numbers of your team? Do you need to change the numbers of your capacity? Do you need to change the number of hours you spend on each client? Do you need to change the price for each client? Do you need to change the integral structure of your business? Often when people come to me to scale, we end up doing the full business model evaluation that I mentioned and redoing their entire business architecture. We look at those load-bearing beams. We look at the structure, both in terms of the way that their products and, and or services are shaped, the way that they're priced, the way that they're positioned. How are they supported by marketing? Are we looking at a product problem, which is that we just need to rearrange how much time for how much money or how many people at how much uh, input overall? Or are we looking at a supply issue where we need a stronger marketing program to or regime, I should say, to bring in the number of clients that you have the capacity to take on but are not currently filling out that capacity and so you're not reaching your goals? A full business model evaluation is really going to illuminate which little corners of your business are to blame for you not reaching your new goal. 
And very frequently, there's going to be an overhaul in multiple areas. And that's not a big scary thing. It's the same reason that when you go to the doctor, they always tell you, like, eat right and exercise. Regardless of what illness you have, they always give you the the eat right and exercise bit as well. Because these things all are interconnected. They all work together. If you have not yet seen my anatomy of your business training, I highly recommend that one if you want more of the somewhat silly but very, very helpful analogy that I was just alluding to of your business as a health system and how to keep your business healthy and strong. So I will make sure that that is linked below as well. That is a free training. I do think you have to give me your email, but I promise not to spam you if you do. Throughout growing your business, your frame of reference is going to change. You're going to need to celebrate the milestones you reach, even when they don't feel like milestones. And then you're going to reassess what needs to be done in order to scale your business up to the next level. Thank you for spending your time with me, Elizabeth Tolis, here in the Emerald office. If you want to hear, watch, read, and learn more about entrepreneurship, focus, and living a life of impact, I invite you to check out Full Focus Entrepreneur where I coach small business owners to be more effective, more organized, more profitable, and more impactful. If you're interested in listening to more of me talking to myself and others, please check out The Emerald Office, where all the episodes for all of my podcasts can be found. Both The Emerald Office and Full Focus Entrepreneur, as well as my social media and the show notes, can be most easily found at elizabethtolis.com. And I want to especially thank... Eric Tolis, who made the sweet backtrack you're listening to now, and Maria Carius, who made the beautiful artwork that graces this podcast's cover. A link to all of Maria's art can be found in the show notes.